Hey there, my name is Shane Craddock, and this is the Inner Edge podcast, where I share a different take on how to lead and live a sustainable high-performance life. Over the course of different episodes, I'm going to challenge the belief that tension, stress, and struggle are essential to success and creativity. My experience is that there's an easier way, there's a better way, and indeed there's an essential way that we need to explore for the times that we live in. So let's go ahead, let's jump in and explore. Hey there, and welcome to today's episode uh, that has the title Cracking Imposter Syndrome. Uh, it's been a busy week on my side of the world. I came back from holidays on Monday uh, after two weeks off. I had a really great switch off, and the great measure of a switch off for me is uh, how much am I thinking about business or work You know, when I'm off? And actually, uh, it was very apparent when I came back on Monday, I couldn't remember what I was involved in before I took holidays. <laughs> So it took me a couple of days to kind of get back up to speed, but uh, it was a proper switch off, really good. And I'm feeling the benefit of it. And just as well, because I had a busy enough week, mostly meeting with um, entrepreneurs and CEOs in different contexts and things like that. But I was intending to do a different type of episode today, but there was a, definitely a theme popping up in some of the conversations with uh, particularly some of the CEOs I spoke to this week which is around what would be commonly known as imposter syndrome, where somebody who has achieved, for example, a, a deed of success or that other people would see as successful, maybe succeeding in their career or their industry, but they don't feel necessarily that they're worthy of it. They might even feel under, guilty of it. Um, and I think it's something I want to explore a little bit in this episode. And uh, I always remember years ago coming across an article where Michelle Pfeiffer, the actress, the Hollywood actress was being interviewed and she was saying that she really suffered for this. This is now maybe 20 years ago. And I always thought, wow, like, A, what a stunningly attractive woman, but also what a really great actress. But she never felt that uh, she did, she was worthy of the success that she, that she had achieved. And it really detracted from her enjoyment, even though you could say she still put in amazing performances in some, some movies. But... You know, I, I might talk again about this, but there are kind of three core human fears. But one of them, I think, is central to uh, causing the imposter syndrome and then also maybe cracking it. And the fear is, am I good enough? Am I good enough? And it might surprise you to realize that a great amount of people suffer from this syndrome. Um, it's certainly something that I've encountered way more than I thought it would. And certainly over the last 10 years in particular, as I've worked with increasingly larger organizations or I suppose on some level, maybe more successful people, you still see it, you still encounter it. Um, and particularly actually with people who are um, generally very good, but they don't realize how good they are. You'll find that there's a bit more, I don't know whether it's self-awareness, um, but they, they can often get caught out with this. And it's not necessarily always a bad thing. I know that certainly what I've seen with people who, who who have felt or feel imposter syndrome, generally you'll see that they're very driven. Um, and I know that research by Adam Grant, the organizational development um, guy, there was a book out recently, I think called Think Again, where he was talking about how the imposter syndrome can actually drive people to work harder to prove themselves because at the back of the mind, they feel maybe they need to prove themselves because they don't feel that they're good enough. Well, he was saying it's almost a good thing, and I would agree with that, but I also think it hinders them because it does cause more stress. 
Um, it goes, does cause a more divided mind. And ultimately, I do think it, it hinders people in terms of even the, how, how high they raise the bar. And that does impact on their energy and their mojo. So for me, from my point of view, my experience, I would say there's two categories uh, to think about here. One is where, you know, in terms of the imposter syndrome, whether you're, if you're there or thereabouts, or if you aren't. Now, what do I mean by that? So if you're there or thereabouts, what I mean is, like, if you're already in a role where you've been picked, for example, or selected to be a CEO, or if you've grown a business, whether it's one person or yourself or 100 people or 300 people or 5,000 people, whatever, that means you're there or you're thereabouts. So you're in the role. And if you're in the role, as far as I'm concerned, you're good enough. Now, that might make any sense to you, but if you're there, you're there. And it's you're not there by a fluke. And I've even encountered people who at times have been there by a fluke. I know one client ended up taking over the family business when um, their father died. And I'm sure, I've no doubt in my mind that they would have had concerns about, am I good enough? But then they worked on the skills and by God, were they and are they good enough? Yes. But then there's the people, the second category is you aren't there. So, you, you know, you're there or thereabouts or you aren't there. Hopefully this is making sense to somebody out there. Uh, <laughs> so what I mean by that is it's a bit like the Americans, Americans got talent or Britain's got talent where you have the person up on stage who doesn't have a note in their head, they're tone deaf, nobody's ever told them, their parents haven't told them the truth, and then it's left to Simon Cowell to say, actually, you just can't sing, get out of this career altogether. You're just not there. There's no reality to what you're talking about. So, you know, um, if somebody's coming into a room with me and they're saying something about, oh, I want to do this, that, the other in business, you want to look at a little bit of a track record or something that's going to tell you, okay, well, you know, if you're there or thereabouts, fair enough, you're good enough. But if you aren't, then somebody needs to tell you and either change tack or get a reality check or else do something different. Um, and if that doesn't make sense, maybe this story will. Um, I'm thinking about, Bob Rotella, who's the mind coach for golfers and sports stars. And I was at an event a few years ago. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Podrick Harrington's brother. I forget his first name, who'd organized an event in Dublin where he brought Bob Rotella in. It was the first time he'd actually come into Ireland. And he'd organized an evening event. And myself and a client went up there. And it was supposed to be a 90-minute session. I think we ended up staying there for maybe three and a half hours because Bob Rotella said, look, we're going to stay until everybody's I've answered all the questions, which was very generous of him. And he was fantastic. But what an insight, what a career, uh, what a guy. Really, really took to him. Um, and the question that I, I got to ask him was was actually about Portie Harrington. I was I was just curious. I said, look, I'm curious, what, what was the biggest thing you think that made the difference for Portie Harrington to become a winner? Because up until the point that I think he'd won the, was it the British Open first or the US Open, um, he was a perpetual kind of number two, three, four, never really winning any of the majors. And he credits Bob Rotella with being the person to help him get over that mental hump. And what was what, what and, and sorry, and, and I asked him a second question, which is why did why did Harrington change after that in terms of he seemed to kind of move away from that winning streak? And obviously at that level, it's very hard to sustain it all the time, as you can see even now with all the top players. Um, but the first bit was the key question, and. What he said was, he said, look, I should think the thing that tipped from his point of view, Harrington into the winning zone was, he said, it's the same as for all of the people that he works with, is that they, 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 they do the work, they'll talk it out, they'll reflect, they'll work on the inner game. And he said, that, but someday they're going to wake up and Harrington, Patrick Harrington, this was, he was no exception that he, he woke up and went, he just felt like he was good enough 
to play with the big boys, he was good enough to win, i.e. I'm good enough. Um, because a lot of time you can, like anybody like that, even at the top level in the world, but not necessarily feel like you're good enough to win or to feel that you can actually wear the mantle of being number one, being the person who is the winner, who is the celebrity, who is in the cover on the cover of magazines. That can be a really difficult place for um, a lot of entrepreneurs, CEOs, well, anybody really at the top of their game who stands out to just accept mentally that, yeah, I deserve to be this. This is who I am. Um, and as, as a side note, he talked about then in terms of the second half, as I asked him, why did he think that, you know, uh, Harrington fell out of his winning streak for a long time? In the last couple of years, actually, interesting, he seems to be coming back. But what he said was, he said, he, obviously, he was overthinking it. As in, like, a lot of them, if they start to win or when they start to win, they think, well, sure, I know enough now. Um, and maybe they start working on, stop working on it. Or he said they actually start to get into it too much and they overthink it. Um, and that causes tension or stress. And I think that that's exactly what I would guess as what happened to Mr. Harrington. Um, although I do, it does seem something has changed in the last couple of years. I wonder what it is. I wonder, it does seem like he's not thinking as much about it. So have a think about that from your point of view. I mean, I know that as I'm talking it through now, I might have shared in a previous podcast that I was giving a talk in Dublin a few years ago. It was about uh, maybe about 100 people in the room. The, the topic of the talk, I think, was the blind spot of leadership and success. And early on in the talk, I, I just posed a question. I'm pretty sure I said this maybe in a previous podcast, but I'll share it again anyway. Is I, the question I asked was, who here thinks, who here has an inner voice? And everybody put up their hand. I said, okay, so I'm not the only weirdo. Grant. Um, or maybe I am actually. Uh, <laughs> and I said, well, who here thinks that that inner voice is them? Keep your hand up. And about half of the room kept their hand up. The other half put it down. And to the people with their hands up, I said, okay, I'm here to say to you 50 people that um, that inner voice is not you and you need to stop listening to it. And to the people who put their hand down, I said, well, you may not um, believe that it's you, I'm pretty much sure that from my experience, you're actually listening to what that inner voice says way too much, way, way too much. And a lot of my job, um, in terms of whatever I, whatever you call what I do, working with people to move more into high performance, bring out more of their potential, which sounds corny, but that's how I see it. A lot of it's to help them become more increasingly aware of what their inner voice is saying, even at the back of their mind unconsciously. And a lot of the time what you'll find is like, well, I can't do this because maybe I'm not good enough. I'm, I can't do the public speaking because maybe I'm not good enough. going to make myself look like a fool. You know, maybe I'm not good enough to be the CEO, the business owner, the entrepreneur. Maybe I'm not good enough to build a business, a coaching business, any business, you know? So uh, there's not many people that are immune to this, but I do believe that it is possible to become one of the people that is much less affected by that voice, that inner voice that, in my experience, seems to affect 99.9% .9 of the population. So here's a little challenge. What would happen if you just assumed for the next month that no matter what, you just assumed, I am good enough, you are good enough, that whatever the situation is, whether it's stepping into the unknown in terms of doing more public speaking or whether it's setting up a business or just getting up in the morning thinking of, do you know what? I am good enough. I deserve to play with the big boys or indeed the big girls. I deserve to be the winner. I deserve to get respect. 
I deserve recognition. I deserve to be seen. Corny as it sounds, but to just to feel deserving that, do you know what? I am good enough. I still have to put in the work. I still have to apply myself. But you know what? Let's take the reins off for the next month, whenever you're hearing this. And let's go all in and play full out, full on. So again, to me, if you're there and you're in the situation, in the role, and you're somebody who's listening to podcasts like this, you're probably there or thereabouts. That means to me, you're good enough, right? So now the thing is, stop listening to your voice, get out of your own way and just go for it, go all in. And please do, at the end of the few weeks or day or whatever month, Send me a little note, support at shanecraddock.com and let me know how you're getting on. One of the nice things about this podcast is that I'm getting notes from people all over the place um, who are telling me about different episodes, points that have resonated, made a difference, um, and also little questions coming in, which I love. So feel free to send one in to me also, because it will I probably will get a chance to answer it here or bring it into some of my podcasts as we're going along. That's it for today, folks. Um, thanks for being with me. Hope you got some food for thought. Bye-bye.